Hello, my name is Ben Jenkins and welcome to another episode of the New Grad Radio podcast. The podcast following the experiences of a new graduate nurse starting into the intensive care unit. So I'm really excited to announce that I've passed my three-month CPAT. Uh, Super excited. So the CPAT itself uh, is that three-month culmination uh, assessment. It's a practical assessment for which a an assessor follows absolutely every single aspect of my day and asks pretty much every question under the sun about why I'm doing what I'm doing. So um, it was it was a big deal. Uh, it is sort of like that first significant hurdle uh, for my graduate program within this ICU. So I'm really excited to, to pass it. And that's what this episode's all about is talking about my experiences of it, uh, what I've learned from it as well. So uh, the CPAD itself, you can imagine that at uni, um, I, I remember calling them OSCEs, um, but the, C, the, the OSCE is sort of like a, an assessment of, you know, practical, um, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. But you can imagine having that except for the entirety of an eight-hour shift. Um, so the assessor was one of the main assessors in the ICU, and, you know, he's there from the moment that I'm starting to take handover. Um, to the moment that I'm giving handover at the end of my eight-hour shift and absolutely everything in between. So it was an absolute full-on day and it took quite a lot of mental stamina to get through the day. So um, to start with, it was, it was exactly... Uh, you start doing exactly the things that every single nurse in any sort of uh, area would do. So, um, you know, I'm making sure that my patient has two wristbands, that my patient matches the same patient that I'm supposed to be caring for. Um, that I'm noticing if my patient has allergies, um, you know, what exactly are the allergies and what, um, you know, what are they allergic to and what happens when they have that. Um, and then just get cracking on. So um, the patient that I was caring for, I won't go into the specifics of exactly what he had, but he was quite a significant multi-trauma and had a lot of um, medical aspects to him as well. So it was a really significant blend of both trauma and medical. Um, it was an absolute honour to care for him during this day um, but it was, it was quite a complex patient so uh, for example I'll talk about the sort of depth that I needed to go into so this, this assessor would, would sit there literally and ask question after question um, uh, throughout the entirety of my shift so uh, for example I would start off um, and, and from what I've learned from my time as a paramedic student I guess is you, you, you're sort of doing what we, what we like to call verbal diarrhea. So, uh, and this is what everyone else was, was saying for me to, to sort of like a tip or trick for getting through my CPAT is you offering up the information rather than your assessor asking you question after question. So um, I'd go to my um, sort of like side sort of drawer. It's what we call the wet pendant. I'm fairly certain I've talked about this one within one of my other episodes about, you know, orientation to the ICU bed space. But the wet pendant... I'd say, now I'm checking the wet pendant. Inside the wet pendant, uh, I'll go through each of the individual pieces of equipment. So I'd open up the drawer. Uh, for example, one of the first things I pull out, this is an oropharyngeal airway, otherwise known as a Gadel airway. A Gadel airway is measured from the corner of the mouth to the angle of the jaw. I'd be using a Gadel airway if my patient was to be accidentally extubated, and I could use this to facilitate his airway, um, uh, and to ease uh, bag valve mask uh, ventilation. Um, the Goodell airway um, that I noticed during my shift might have been a little bit too big 
Uh, and that could have been due to quite a significant sort of facial swelling for my patient at the time. But I noticed that with the Udell airway in, in the drawer that I had was, was definitely a bit too big, which would not have been an appropriate size for my patient. So I noted that to the assessor and said that I'll, I noticed it's too big, I'll go and get a size down when I go get some more equipment. Also within the drawer, I have metaraminol, uh, otherwise known as aramine. Uh, metaraminol is used for, it's used as like a rescue medication. Um, it works on the alpha-1 receptors. So it's an A1 agonist. It works um, by uh, directly working on smooth muscles. Uh, to, it works on to, to, for vasoconstriction to increase blood pressure has an onset time of one to two minutes and has a mechanism of action duration of about up to about 20 minutes. Um, if I were to be giving this today, uh, I would be giving half a milligram, which is one mil. Uh, so this is, this is the sort of depth that you're needing to go into. And this is for everything, for every single aspect of why you're doing what you're doing. You're going into that much depth. So it was... Uh, it's a full-on shift. <laughs> if you can imagine just me talking like that, and I pretty much did that for eight hours, so it was, it was a lot to it. Um, so then you went through the wet pendant, and then you're going, you know, my patient has an arterial line, and arterial line is measuring real-time blood pressure. To make sure I'm getting a, an accurate blood pressure reading, I'm making sure that the transducer is at the height of the phlebostatic axis. The phlebostatic axis is at the level of your fourth intercostal space, mid-auxiliary line. I measure this by using what we call a spirit level um, to, to make sure I'm, I'm re-zeroing the arterial line to atmospheric pressure. I'll be zeroing it by you know, opening up the little tiny bungs to air, turning it off to the patient, pushing the zero, which then does it to atmospheric pressure, uh, and then doing it again, and then performing what we call a square waveform test. So you pull a little tiny toggle um, and it, the arterial waveform starts to go flat and then you're seeing when you release it, it should start having what we call little tiny oscillations, um, which it should be one to two uh, oscillations before it gets back to your normal waveform. Um, if it doesn't, it, your waveform may be what we call over dampened or under dampened. And what, in a basic nutshell, what that means is that the patient's blood pressure reading is not going to be completely accurate. So uh, within the intensive care unit itself, uh, it's really important to have your patient's arterial, um, uh, your uh, art line, so your blood pressure reading to be completely accurate as much as possible. Uh, because we're, we're titrating a lot of these um, medications and a lot of the, the therapies and uh, and modalities of why we're treating the patient based upon their hemodynamic level. So uh, if, if you're you know, using, for example, your vasoactive and inotrope medications um, for patients whose blood pressure is not accurate, well, then you, that could be very dangerous because you're, you're titrating um, based on numbers that aren't correct. So, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. And that's a large part of the CPAT is making sure that you understand what you're looking at when you're doing these um, types of things, understanding why I'm doing a square waveform test and why I'm, um, you know, zeroing the, the arterial line and making sure I understand the concepts of the arterial line because things such as, you know, kinks and blood clot in the end of the arterial line and, and over damp and under damp and waveforms, 
um, knowing how to troubleshoot that if, if it were to happen and making sure I'm getting a correct reading. So anyway, these are those little tiny aspects of the entirety of my eight hour shift. So I was, you know, just verbal diarrhea, as I like to say it, the entirety of my shift. Um, and, you know, I really made an effort to, cause the family members of this patient, uh, of my patient was there. Uh, for a lot of my shift and I really wanted them to feel comfortable with my assessor being in the room and and so I really made an effort really up front to introduce my assessor to introduce myself so that they felt comfortable with the process and made them feel part of the, the process as well and to sort of normalize it as much as possible just sort of saying that you know this is a, my three-month assessment I'll be sort of saying a lot more than what I probably would during my shift in regards to the care of their of their loved one and and if they had any questions at all to please let me know uh, that we're all a massive team for this for this day as well so <laughs> it was a uh, it was a big big shift and I'm, I'm super super happy to get through it and um, I'm excited to have gotten the feedback as well um, so I, I did really well on it which I'm really excited about um, and, and what I loved is, is that it, there was a lot of education through it as well. Um, I, I learned a lot from the experience and I certainly have some things that I'd love to keep working on uh, towards my formal 12-month CPAP, which is the next one that I'll be working towards. Um, and it was good. So the things that I prepared for, so I knew that I had a few areas that I really wanted to keep working on, especially to, to get through the CPAP. So you know, <clears throat> analysis of... Um, really analysis of uh, x-ray interpretation was something that I really wanted to work on and I did a lot of reading around it and I'm super happy that you know when I listened to this patient's chest I noticed that there was you know quite significant decrease um, diminished sounds on especially on the right hand side of his of his lungs pretty much from mid mid zones to bases and then when I went back and checked his x-ray which was done during that morning as well uh, I noticed that there was, you know, quite a lot of consolidation on that right area from mid zones to, to bases. So it was awesome to know that what I'm, you know, what I'm listening to and my oscillation skills are really rapidly improving, especially with using, you know, the physios like I've talked about in another episode and just day after day listening to more lungs and more lungs and my, my skills for oscillation are improving significantly. So then I'm able to, you know, know what I'm looking at from all of this extra reading that I'm doing with, you know, looking at x-rays and, and then the clinical picture starts to make a bit more sense of why you're hearing what you're hearing. Um, and then also interpretation of arterial blood gases. I sort of knew for the last couple of months, that's something that I've really been working on because I've had a few nurses try to explain some things to me and, you know, really understanding, you know, this is, you know, a metabolic acidosis, which is, compensated by you know a respiratory alkalosis and is it compensated fully or is it non-compensated like you have all these different elements to it and um, I had so many nurses try to explain it to me and it just didn't really click and for me it wasn't until I started um, looking at this game that I found on on a I just googled you know arterial blood gas quiz uh, one of the first things that came up was like this game in which it gives you um uh, ABGs, so arterial blood gases, and you you then play the game by then interpreting uh, whether you know what exactly it is. is. Is this acidotic or is it alkalotic, and is it full compensated or non compensated? And by playing this game over and over again, it really started to make sense. And then all of a sudden, I found that the more I played it, it just clicked. 
And I sort of remember the time I was sitting there <laughs> and I distinctly remember it just clicking because it was, I could then understand what all these other nurses were trying to say. Uh, and it wasn't until I personally played this game and from seeing all of these ABGs and seeing these patients and how they presented that the whole thing really clicked. And I sounded pretty smart on the day when I was able to absolutely nail the ABG interpretation. So it was, it was a really good feeling. Um, <clears throat> so... Anyway, that was, that was that shift and I'm super excited to get through the CPAT. Um, I'm super happy and because now it means that the patients I'll be caring for from now on, a lot of the patients um, are going to be a, quite a significant step up uh, with their acuity uh, in their stay in the ICU. So I'm now able to care for patients who are on vasoactive and inotropic medications. So for patients who are you know, quite significantly hemodynamically compromised, um, so I'll be starting to care for patients who are on, you know, noradrenaline infusions, dibutamine, adrenaline. So um, that's going to be a, a whole new level again. So um, super excited to keep making episodes, especially at this level as well. So um, it's nice, you know, I'll, I'll be starting to feel, you know, really out of my comfort zone again because you're caring for patients who are, you know, really next level up with with their acuity and. Um, again, I'll be making episodes every step of the way for the entirety of this year, just so you can sort of see the process of you know what I'm going through, and hopefully it helps you if you're looking at ICU or, or different critical care areas as well. Um, so again, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast as well. It really means a lot. Again, if you have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to to send through any questions to newgradradio at gmail dot com or on the Facebook page as well at newgradradio. So. Have an awesome day, guys, and I can't wait to talk to you next time.